This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. This is Agents of Shield Cast, your source for the best analysis of the ABC television series Agents of Shield. With your host, Agent Andrew Johnson. If they can bring back Clark Gregg, maybe they can bring back Ed Norton. That'd be weird. Agent Bibbs Bibiani. I got all my ideas from Mr. Belvedere. Come on. Agent Gwen Reyes. Anybody that's not a huge Joss Whedon fan just really needs to pack up their whole life and move to another continent. And Agent Rod Morrow. I feel like someone just ran into your room and gave you a wedgie and then ran back out. They are the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division Critical Analysis Strike Team, a.k.a. The Shield Cast. Agents Assemble. This is episode number 19 of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. This is Film Geek Radio's weekly podcast devoted exclusively to discussion of the ABC TV series Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm Agent Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined by my fellow members of the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division Critical Analysis Strike Team. First up, he is an all-around comics enthusiast and the founder of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast network, Agent Rod Morrow. Why, hello. How are you doing, Rod? Doing great, man. I'm glad to be here, and uh, hopefully for the next seven uninterrupted weeks, we can all be here. Thank God. <laughs> the breaks are ending. It's been way too long since we had a series of more than, what, three episodes air back-to-back? Yeah. I'm telling you, man, Winter Soldier fucked this up. They have to like tie in these episodes to yep. Winter Soldier, and they're like, oh, shit, we have nothing to do in February and March. That was my guess, man, but uh, I, I, I guess if, it's, if it works, then I'm okay with it, but, man, they took more breaks than... Chris Brown and Rihanna. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> remember, remember the the abuse, the <laughs> abuse in that. Yeah. That's why that's not funny, Rod. <laughs> yeah, cancel Rod hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, she is a writer for RealVixen.com and a member of the Television Critics Association. Agent Gwen Reyes. Hello, guys. How you doing, Gwen? Together, the band's back. Oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm sick, but I'm good. Yeah, the band is back together because finally joining with us after a few weeks. Uh, well, multiple, it's been longer than that because of all the breaks, but after a few episodes of not having him on, he is the film channel editor at CraveOnline.com and a co-host of the B-Movies podcast, Agent William Bibbs Bibiani. Hello. We missed you. I missed you, too. You all are my friends. Mm-hmm. You guys should all be jealous. I got to hang out with Bibbs a few weeks ago. It was amazing. Oh, was it amazing? What was that like? What was, <laughs> it was that? Fun. What is it like to bask in my bearded glow? <laughs> uh it was fun thank you for that yeah Gwen and i got to hang out a little bit at south by southwest which is one of the reasons why i've been incommunicado for a while i've been traveling and i had a bunch of work shit going on so uh it's good to be back it's good to finally have time to be on a podcast with you lovely people so thank you for having me back i was worried i get fi- i get fired <laughs> yeah you'll get fired from this great so fired. this job that pays you so much money bibs <laughs> Which would have just added insult to injury. You're fired for doing something we don't even pay you to do. <laughs> <laughs> Together we are the S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. We strive to take both an enthusiastic and critical approach to Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So there's a little something for everyone. As always, you can email us at shieldcast at filmgeekcreator.com and access all of our episodes by subscribing to us through iTunes or Stitcher. If you like the show, please leave us a positive review. That really helps us out a lot. And if you leave us a really good one, we'll make you an honorary member of the team. We also have a voicemail line at 336-793-2509. So you can call and leave us some feedback. This show is being recorded live at Spreecast.com. To receive updates on when we're going to be recording live, just search for Agents of Shieldcast with all of the periods in there at Spreecast.com and sign up to be alerted for whenever we do a live recording. You can also follow Film underscore Geek underscore Radio on Twitter or any of us on Twitter. 
for that matter. If you'd like information on when we're going to be recording live, we'll give out those handles at the end of the show. Before we get started, we have a new honorary member to induct to the team. To become an honorary member, all you have to do is leave us a positive review on iTunes. Today's review comes from Places Between, who writes, quote, The hosts all work exceptionally well together, rarely speaking over each other and being completely open to discussing each other's views. I love that it's a mix of longtime comic fans and newbies with no geek cred shaming. This makes it accessible to anybody who wants to get more out of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. post-show. They do a great job of tackling what each episode has to offer without ever going off on side tangents, and I'm never bored. Brilliant show. Yay! All right! Wow! Yeah! That's flattering, especially since I'm doing a show with these subpar nerds uh, as a geek. (laughs) A lot of cred around here. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it right now. Who who uh who wrote this? Places between. Places between? Yes, I will sleep with you. <laughs> thank you for that. I needed that boost today. Yes, yeah, yes. So thank you. Nice. Thank you very much, Places Between. Uh, after tonight's episode, I think it's pretty clear we need an honorary high tech hardware specialist. because uh, Deathbox has some pretty crazy tech, so we need to be able to compete. All right, so welcome to the team. Today we're going to be discussing episode 16 of season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The episode is titled End of the Beginning. It was written by Paul Zabuski and directed by Bobby Roth. Before we really dive into things, though, Agent Bibbs, can we finally reveal where you've been the past couple weeks and what you've been up to that's been so top secret? No. Oh, darn it. I feel like you, I feel like you you want me to come up with some elaborate uh, uh, story here, uh, but no, I've been I've, I've just been busy with work. So I did I did see Captain America: The Winter Soldier like a month ago. Yes, that's what I was referring to. Okay, that really adversely affected the couple episodes previous to this one because um, uh, I, I don't want to get into too many spoilers, but uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier fucks Shield up. Uh, like the show is going to have to change dramatically after you see that movie. Uh, so like what I, so I felt like I was like ahead of the curve. Like I had read like a chapter ahead and now I had to like sort of sit through these agents of shield episodes. And it really, it hurt the show through no fault of the show's own. I wasn't supposed to have seen the movie ahead of that, aside from the fact that I'm a critic and I had to for, for work. Like most people shouldn't have seen it that early. So yeah, but now that we're back at this episode, uh, they're starting to tie things in really directly with Captain America, the winter soldier, uh, in a way that is, clunky but fun and i'm digging it so uh i'm back on and i can enjoy this show again so that's one of the big reasons why i wasn't here before were you uh did you start to realize with all this like uh knowledge that i was the smartest person alive or no, no. Oh, okay all right well no. maybe later <laughs> no that's when that's when no like like yeah, uh, right. uh, like there's a big reveal at the end of this episode about who the clairvoyant might be and after watching captain america the winter soldier i'm like oh that's probably the clairvoyant Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, that had that directly relates to the clairvoyant and everything we think about the clairvoyant that the show was leading us to believe about the clairvoyant was probably bullshit. Mm-hmm. So like I and I, there's no way I I didn't wasn't supposed to have the information necessary to draw that conclusion based only on what the show gave me. And so waiting for the show to catch up to the movie was really kind of insufferable and not the show's fault. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't have given it a fair review and, and critique. Well, because Captain America The Winter Soldier is finally coming out this weekend, it'll, it'll be released uh, around the same time this podcast is coming out. Do you want to just give some quick overall thoughts on the movie? Is it good or is it bad? Should people see it or should they stay away? It is a damn good movie. You should see it. Um, I, I really admire it. Like The first Captain America movie was very much 
uh, sort of a nostalgic, patriotic. The villains are not only Nazis, they're Nazis with monster like, insignias on their uniform. Like, it couldn't get more clear cut than that. But now that America, uh, Captain America is in the present day, uh, and they got all of the fish out of water jokes out of the way, uh, in the Avengers, there's a few, but that's not the point anymore. Um, they get to really focus on how someone who came up, who, who grew up in a very different era, a much more simplistic era of, of heroes and villains, uh, is going to react to a world in which even our own, like, American policies are arguably very evil. So, uh, in addition to just being a cool movie, you know, funny movie, action packed, uh, good performances across the board, enjoyable on that level. It's really political and it's really taken a few chances, uh, and I admire it for that and I think everyone should see it. All right. So, well, maybe at some point we'll record a special bonus episode of the Shield cast, uh, on that film. Though, of course, cool. now that Captain America the Winter Soldier is actually coming out, there won't be any breaks <laughs> from the show. Right. So we'll have to see. Maybe maybe we'll have time to record an episode on that. Maybe not. But uh, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. Agent Rod Morrow, why don't you go ahead and remind our listeners what happened this week on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? All right. By the way, does this mean I have to come on Cinema Fix and disagree with you about this movie um, now? At some point, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Coulson and his team find themselves without anyone they can trust, only to discover that they are trapped with a traitor in their midst. Ooh. That's about, you know, that's actually about right for one. Yeah. They, no, they've been on a roll. The last two have been pretty, pretty on point. Okay, good. I think someone's listening to the, to the shield cast and they're realized, oh, I'm doing a bad job writing this copy. I need to stop letting, stop letting the intern write the copy. Yes. Yes. Oh, poor intern. It was like someone with a blog or something, and they just wanted to be really artistic. They're like, excuse me. Right. <laughs> next, next, week, next week, the, the whole synopsis is going to be in haiku format. Right. <laughs> you know, just That'd really, it evokes the feeling of the episode. Right. Ionic pentameter would be even better. Yeah, so maybe that's what we were messing up. We should have been reading the, we should have been reading it like, in a world. <laughs> yes. There's a traitor. <laughs> All right. Agent Bibbs, since it's been a while since we've had you on, why don't you go ahead and start? What were your overall thoughts on this episode? As somebody who has already seen Captain America, the Winter Soldier, did you like this episode? Do you think it's a good tie-in? I actually did like this episode. Um, I'll talk about the tie-in stuff in a second, but just as an episode in terms of we get to see more of Deathlock, we get to see uh, more of S.H.I.E.L.D. like working together. Uh, we get to see like a proper mission with some real interesting moral choices on the part of everyone. Uh, there's a cool reveal with Brad Dorif, who, you know, as soon as Brad Dorif's in your movie or a TV show, you know, you're in capable hands. So that was fun. Um, I really liked, I will say this, I really, really love the music in this episode. The music felt really big and dramatic and cinematic and made otherwise, you know, it's TV. We're doing the best we can. Action sequences feel bigger, uh, than they normally would have. Um, so yeah, just so just as a straight up episode, finding out who the clairvoyant is, Melinda May may or may not be a traitor. She's certainly got secrets. All of that stuff, kind of fun. Totally digging it. You know, three three and a half star episode. Um, but when it came to the Captain America stuff, um, if you watch this episode before you see Captain America, as I imagine many probably will, uh, there's a lot of little incidental stuff that may feel just like character development, or may just uh, or may just have seemed weird. 
a lot of that is having to do with Captain America, the Winter Soldier, when uh, uh, Fitz calls Simmons and there's just like, oh, something's happening in Triskelion. Yeah, that's Captain America, the Winter Soldier. When Jasper shows up and he's like, oh, hey, I'm Jasper. I'm here just so I can leave. He's leaving to be in the Winter Soldier. So all of that stuff is kind of fun. And even the big reveal at the end of this episode, uh, which we're talking about spoilers. So fuck it. Uh, that the clairvoyant is probably just someone with really good shield access. Also winter soldiers. So all of that stuff was kind of cool. It made Aces of shield feel like part of a bigger universe for the first time in a long time without being kind of forced. Like, Hey, we have a special guest star. It's whoever we could get from Thor. It worked. It worked for me. It was a little blunt at times, but I had a lot of fun with this episode. Agent Gwen Reyes, what did you think? Um, I also, I, I mean, I haven't seen Winter Soldier yet, so I definitely didn't get a chance to pick up on any of the hints and stuff. But it was, I felt like without and having that knowledge, like it was pretty easy to pick up on the things that were going on at the same time and stuff. So that that is good. It's just like a normal, normal person. Um, I thought the episode was fun. It went by really fast, which is something that I've been really happy with. The last three episodes have gone at a really, really good pace. Like they're finally starting to get their groove down, figuring out what to do with their actors. I actually gave a shit about Sky this time. What? I know. I'm surprised. Accomplished. Yeah. She's so, still won't close her mouth though. She's always like walking um, around kind of slack to And I I I really just absolutely loved Bill Paxton and uh Clark Gregg sitting in a car talking about stuff. It was like this weird sort of homage without being intentional to true detective. And so I was just like, oh, I want to see that show. <laughs> I want to see, I want to see John and Colson just searching for Carcosa. Can we get that show? Yeah, I, I want to. I want to have Colson be the optimist and kind of the dumb one, and Bill Paxton just go on and on about how life is meaningless and we shouldn't be alive. That was like all I cared about. Like that scene that they had, <laughs> I was like, this is the greatest moment in this whole show. <laughs> just have the whole spinoff, like webisodes. Of just them sitting in a car talking about donuts and experiences that they shared together that neither of them remembered. All right, Marvel, if you're listening and you want a cheap web series, there you go. Just two guys Get in a car. That, that is not a cheap web series. Bill Paxton is... That would be expensive. like the most expensive web series. I'm actually impressed that they got... I, I didn't talk about it. Uh, I wasn't here for the episode when he first showed up. I'm impressed they got Bill Paxton on this series. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Like, he feels like he's phoning it in, though. Like That's my only not, problem with it. He doesn't have anything to work with. I, I feel like yeah. they're like building him up. Like If we saw like the ne- next week on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. bit this week, uh, it feels like he gets to kind of hopefully pull out the stops next time, and they're just sort of establishing him as someone in the universe. So I'm hoping he'll get more to do next week. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like he's phoning it in, just the way he delivers certain lines. I'm like, really? You are you have no emotion and no passion at all? No inflection? Like, he, he just is just kind of reading the lines and getting paid. He's like, mm, I wanted that new Malibu house. Yep, yep. <laughs> Alright, Agent Rod Morrow, what did you think of this week's episode? Alright, first of all, I gotta say, I disagree on Bill Paxson. He looks like he's having so much fun to me. Um, I don't know if that's part of the character or if he's just like, this is some silly shit that I'm getting. Or you're just so excited that Bill Paxton's on the show that you're projecting your excitement into him. I'm not, man. These conversations he's having with Sky, the conversation he has with Triplet when they first arrive at the hotel about the satin sheets and stuff like they like he just seems like he's having fun. Now, I don't know that this is integral to the character or if they're just like, we got Bill Paxton. Let's just give him some shit to talk about because they're all like like dr phil sessions with bill paxton which it works for me 
um, and uh, you know, keeps it kind of light. Um, I enjoyed the episode a lot. I thought it was a little bit um too like uh fast or whatever. And because so much is obviously gonna lead to relating to uh Captain America, I feel like a little bit out of the loop. So I actually saved this episode on my DVR so I can watch Captain America and then go back and watch this again because some of it does feel like and this is gonna go take place off screen. And it's like, you know, when you're watching some, you know, as, as just a serialized show, when you're watching it, it, it can leave a little bit to, you know, like it leaves so much to the imagination that I need those blanks filled in. Um, so, uh, uh, that's the only element that I actually really didn't enjoy about this episode. But, um, in general, you know, I liked how they played with the characters. I like how they played with what they've built up so far, the relationships, um, the little, the little banter between like, uh sky and fitz and simmons when she's like well we need to follow the protocol and they're like what the fuck like now we're 16 episodes in um so i kind of like that little stuff um and uh i like the action there was a ton of fucking action um in this one uh deathlocks uh uh uh, rocket launcher uh, apparatus um, I just kind of en- enjoyed it because as a comic book geek, you know, that's one of the, like, he does have that in the comic book. Um, when they did the overlay, um, on his face or whatever, like the turn. That was cool. That was cool. I will say this about Deathlock. Firstly, if you're going to get this thing that's going to like claw its way into your arm and become like a cybernetic part of your body, you might want to like pull your shirt up first. Right. Yes. Cause now he's got like pieces oh. of shirt in his arm. So forever. filthy. Yeah, that's going to okay. get really gross. He's got, like, metal on the other half of him, so what's worse, really? I just feel like everything in his body is already getting infected, so why make it worse? Yeah, like, he's I'm, not looking good. Yeah, that's the thing. In the comic book, he's gross as shit. Yeah. Um, and then they really decided, like, fuck it, let's just keep him gross. In the, like, he's not neat at all. It's, he's getting uh, there, right? That's kind of right. cool. Jay. Um, he's, yeah. he's such a handsome man. I, the other thing I want to say about that rocket launcher is that is one damn imprecise rocket launcher. Oh my god, like, how did he miss me? Oh my god, he targets, but we see his, like, you know, Terminator readout, whatever. There she is, middle of the room, target acquired, shoots the rocket, veers off <laughs> upwards and to the left by, like, five feet right like it's wow at some point maybe that was his humanity guys maybe you're you're discounting a little bit of death lock. maybe he still has a little bit he doesn't yeah. want to kill anybody that, that's what i was gonna say at some, point, at some point maybe they'll try to do some like oh he could have killed us all along but he was barely fighting the machine i don't know but yeah all i thought in that moment was she should be dead like that is a typical saturday morning cartoon like and then I shot the ceiling and the ceiling fell on you because I didn't want to kill you in front of everybody. <laughs> um, but, uh, the other thing, um, with, uh, with, with Deathlock or whatever, I really like those special, cause there was a ton of special effects this week. I really like that one special effect where they scanned him and he looks like the Deathlock in the comic book underneath yeah. his. Oh man, nergasm. I, that was fun. That was cool. He looked good. It was a good looking visual effect that, uh, that made me happy. That made my heart sing. So yeah, those are the things I like, man. I, I I did not like um also the kinda cheap uh Captain America um tie in with, with Samuel Jackson at the end. Cause I've seen Oh, that was so fucking lame. It was like they, 
they even put like Washington D.C. to make it look like it's happening in Agents of Shield as the fucking lamest ploy for production value, yeah. like ever. That would be like if like in Terminator, like the Sarah Connor Chronicles, they just showed you Arnold Schwarzenegger fighting the Terminator, like fighting the D one thousand, and it's just like ten years later, and then it cuts back, and it's like, oh yeah, that's gonna happen. Fuck you, yeah, fuck I, you for that. I thought that was like it segues right into a trailer. Fuck you. Yeah, I didn't like that. That because I'd seen. I was like, this footage looks very familiar. Oh, oh I've yeah. seen. That. <laughs> um, the, um, also, I, it was weird that we've kind of established, or I guess they changed it. I don't, I don't really know, but now they seem to like know the clairvoyant is a psychic of some kind, and I feel like that was kind of a leap because if some one point it was like, well, this person's a prognosticator, there, or they have like they can see the future, and they were trying to figure out their abilities, and then it just turned to like, oh no, they're a psychic. And that explains everything. So that was kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot, man. Uh, oh, Ward shooting. Um, the person that seemed to be the clairvoyant at the time was also a pretty, uh, cool moment. But, uh, I feel like we didn't really get the payoff with like, why the fuck did he do that? And yeah, because he's in love, Rod. Okay. <laughs> People <laughs> do crazy things out that. of love. There are only two possibilities that this episode presents to us. Either maybe the clairvoyant forced him to, or he's in love with Sky. Yes, he's in love with Sky. I'm not Guys, arguing. I thought that. he was. I thought he was in love with with himself. Well, no, yes. I don't know what's going okay. on. I'm sorry, I just yeah, choked on my own disgust right. with that statement. <laughs> it's okay. That's good. Uh, no, no, no. But like, here's the other possibility. He still has like an Asgardian berserker shit in him. That's what I was thinking. It was. Yeah. Like, I think that he's still uncontrollable to him because he had the same face. Like he still looked so cold and disjointed that I was like, oh, maybe he still got a little Lorelai in him. I had not thought about that. That's that's a good theory. Yeah. Um, I actually liked pretty much everything in this episode. I think this is the best episode we've seen of Agents of Shield in a long time. I could tell when they were trying to tie into Captain America: Winter Soldier. I didn't mind it. Um, I think that overall it worked pretty well. I don't know if it's just because this was a tie-in, but for whatever reason, it seemed like the production values were better. They clearly had a bigger budget. They had the rocket launchers. They were switching locations. It just it just felt like a much better crafted show than we've gotten the past couple weeks. And yeah, overall, I really, really enjoyed it. And I agree with you, Rod. That twist where uh, Ward shoots the guy, I did not see that coming. I thought that was a really, really great twist. And, yeah, I really don't have a whole lot of complaints about this episode. All right, episode over. Let's go home, guys. All right, yeah. (laughs) Good good band practice. (laughs) GG, everybody. GG. How do you guys feel about everything with May and how they're handling her supposed betrayal? Stupid. Yeah, I don't like it. Really? Yeah. What's wrong I, with that? Do you, do you just like I want to like Melinda May so bad? Like, no, what I just is thought that? that the re- I just thought that it was so, and I guess it's just the way that the story is going, and maybe because there has been such a break between everything, it just felt so forced to be like that. We have to have somebody that's been checking into some unknown source, and then we're going to make it feel like it's going to be the clairvoyant because we've all decided now that the the clairvoyant is just somebody that works for Shield. And so I was like, this this is a stupid red herring. I kind of like when they reveal stuff like that and you can kind of go back and trace it like, oh, I remember when she acted weird this time. And I don't feel like that's happened in the show. No. It's just like all of a sudden she's weird. 
And if she's reported like what what number was she at? Like ninety six. If she's reported ninety five times, like I feel like there would be other instances we could go back and be like, oh yeah, I remember that and not I don't feel like we got that O moment. I think the big problem is they revealed at the end of the the previous episode that she mm-hmm. might be betraying them somehow, that she has outside interests. And I think if they hadn't shown us that, and it just in this episode you, we had Fitz discovering, you know, the line out and everything, oh, yeah. and, it, and if then we had just learned, oh, oh man, someone in the team is betraying them, and it might be May, I think that would have been more surprising and been more effective. It would have been more surprising, yes. I don't think it would have worked because if they had used the exact same plot point to reveal that, oh, Melinda May has a, Melinda May has a private line. There are literally thousands of possibilities that are completely benign, and the audience would have been on board. But if we see her in the shadows, like I am making a secret report now, <laughs> then we're like sort of on head of that. So like when they make a leap, saying, "Oh, who has like a private line?" out of the ship that no one knows about that's kind of tucked away in the fucking locker for some reason with like a thumb panel. Oh, that must be, Oh, she's a traitor. Like it's easier to make that, that step. Um, I am, I am wondering though, because there, there are three possibilities with her. One is she's working with a clairvoyant, but judging from her reaction at the end of the episode, when they confront her with that, I rather doubt it. Two is it's a direct tie-in to Captain America, which will probably completely change the way we see Melinda May forever. Or it's a it's a third thing that is like only just now being introduced, and that would be the their, their big surprise is that there's more to the universe than we even knew. Blah. Well, you know the thing is too, like um, even if because you know there's a possibility that okay the clairvoyant is someone that just works for Shield and knows all the secrets then uh she's been reporting through the chain of command to this person and she really doesn't know that this person is using this information to like hurt the team and all that stuff which you know exonerates her kind of as a good guy even though she's still untrustworthy maybe there'll be some bridge mending that has to be done on the show and that could be kind of cool but uh i don't know just i guess without the other half of this equation i'm I'm still withholding my judgment but it's kind of like it, it felt kind of rushed and forced. I want to tell all you guys about Winter Soldier so fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> I would never. Like, we could have a much clearer conversation about this and the possibilities of what it means. Like, it just, I assume you have the gist of it already. It's okay. not a well kept secret, but you okay. Know. Well, well, Bibbs, without getting into spoilers about Winter Soldier, I mean, in previous episodes of the Shield cast, back near when the show was just starting, we had hypothesized that at some point Shield would become the bad guy that the team would have to break away. I believe we've posited at some point on the show that S.H.I.E.L.D. itself, or certainly someone involved in S.H.I.E.L.D., could be the clairvoyant. Uh, By the end of the episode, it looks like Victoria Hand is somehow involved. If she's not the clairvoyant herself, she's something's going on with her. So, I I mean, clearly they're setting S.H.I.E.L.D. up as a big bad. No, no, like there, there's, there's corruption in Shield, and that's not a well kept secret. I don't really consider that a spoiler. The details of how and why and what it is, yeah, that would, that would be a spoiler. I, I asked, um, I got to interview Kevin Feige and the screenwriters of Captain America: The Winter Soldier, uh, and I asked them, uh, like, do, do you hate Agents of Shield? Like, what were you doing? And they said, uh, basically, very, very simply, we wrote and came up with every single thing in this movie before we even knew there would be an Agents of Shield. And so, Agents of Shield is kind of backpedaling to try to fit what we're doing. 
So that's why you'll see agents that you'll see Winter Soldier and very clairvoyant never comes up. There are, however, at least two very good, really high profile possibilities of uh, who the clairvoyant would be, or at the very least, a lot of reasonable suppositions over who they could put in the show and made it work. Um, but yeah, basically, yeah, they they we have been setting up that shield uh has corrupt influences in it maybe the entire organization is bad maybe it's just a, a few bad apples but uh that will be revealed in captain america the winter soldier and agents of shield is going to have to react to that because it's catastrophic okay okay well uh i i'm curious how you guys feel about that because i believe we've all kind of been on board with the idea of the movies and the television show working hand in hand and and impacting each other at the same time, though, if the movies are written well in advance of, of the TV show and, the, and really they write the films without thinking about the TV show, does that mean the TV show is kind of put into a corner and is that really going to affect the quality in a, in a detrimental way? I think the show has to be – I think it, it only fails when it's not aggressive. You know what I mean? Like, mm, if you're gonna yeah. do it, you have to go all out. If you're going to do it, uh, you know, just some tangential relationship to a movie, um, that's very hit or miss. You know, like I said, the the original Thor, the, the staff episode or whatever, the whale, I think was the name of it. Uh, like that did not come off well because it's very loosely related to anything to do with Asgard or Thor or even the movie Thor uh, to the Dark World or whatever. Whereas, you know, I actually enjoyed the Lady Sif episode just because it kind of stood alone. Like, here's a character from that universe in this universe, and it's a little bit more aggressive. And then this appears to be the most aggressive by far. I mean, even changing the timing of the episode releases, uh, clearly having moments where you're like, you're not going to understand this until you see this movie. Um, and we'll, and honestly, we'll see. I have to see the movie. And probably, I think, what is this? Agents of Shield Rising Part Two or Three? Whatever. Part Three. Three. Okay. So then I'm assuming next week is the conclusion. So it'll be kind of like a crossover where this set, this, then the movie, then four. If they can complete that, then I'll be like, I'm on board. Then I'm like, cool. You guys, uh, shoot for the stars. Do this all the time. But if not, then back to drawing board. Like, don't, don't, fuck <laughs> up, don't fuck up the movies and don't fuck up the show. Well, I mean, what are the, Guardians of the Galaxy comes out in the summer, and honestly, how the how could that how directly could that affect Agents of Shield anyway? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure how much we really have to worry about this. The only real worry is Captain America is set in Shield, so they had to do they had to work with it. That said, I don't think the problem is that uh, I I think the show isn't painted into enough corners. Honestly, I think the show has been given a little too much freedom to be just sort of. Whatever happy, it wants to be. Yeah, and, and they're not that, and, and you're right, they're not aggressive because of that. They're very relaxed, and uh, although I do like a lot of the characters and a lot of the dialogue and some of the individual standalone episodes they've been able to come up with, yeah, there isn't an intensity to it. And when you force them to basically solve problems, narrative problems, they're getting more interesting, and this episode's a good example of that. I don't think it entirely works, but uh, every time they try, it's a better show. So, yeah, I actually think it's a great thing. And I think, uh, yeah, fuck this show. Let's let, let's let the movies do it their own thing and let the show react. And, uh, you know, I, I'm hoping that the Thor episode, the first tie in Thor episode can just be written off as growing pains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like we was our first thing. Like, we had to rush uh, it out. Done. Yeah. 
Exactly. Having to rush it out, I think, is definitely now they've had time. They can figure out how they work within their scripts. They're all getting them, or at least the writers of the episodes are, so they know how to storyboard them now. The, the other thing too is like it if um you're gonna have these tie-ins or whatever, mm-hmm. um I still feel like they like 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 uh Bibbs just said, like they should be able to let some go, you know, like so Guardians of the Galaxy ha- happens, it should be completely fine for Agents of Shield to come back in the fall and not have to like force a bunch of guardians of the galaxy terminology into the script kind of where it's like oh yeah it's just like the romulans did this to the so-and-so's and you're like okay buddy that's like you you're just throwing that in to let us know that that movie exists you don't have oh my god what if they had an episode what if they had an episode where it's kind of like star trek for the voyage home and we found out that all the raccoons on earth were actually aliens and they had to like reconnect them with rocket raccoon oh my god i would oh i think i think we just figured it out rocket Rocket raccoon is the clairvoyant Uh, I also, oh, Bradley! I knew it was Bradley Cooper the whole time. <laughs> I would also feel pretty. He also the Yellow King. I would feel pretty bad for all the future showrunners who have to make sure that every raccoon can never be on set. Like, can I take that raccoon out? Of- As opposed to most sets where there's raccoons <laughs> rampant everywhere. Yeah. You know how they do. Raccoon is just overrunning this whole set. All right, so so clarify clarify this for me. So Guardians of the Galaxy comes out this summer, and then is there are, are there any other Marvel movies between then and Avengers two in twenty fifteen? Nope, I don't. Yeah, no. X Men, nope. but it's not in that, the uh, no. the Marvel universe. That doesn't count. Marvel Studio stuff. It's it's this, and then Guardians of the Galaxy, and then Avengers, and then Ant Man, and then. Something else. And then we know they're doing oh, that's another three, but that's it. Yeah. Okay, so basically for season two of Agents of Shield, they will not have to worry about trying to fit in with the timeline of another movie. Well, there's, well, there's one thing. Well, right, right. It'll be building up to Age of Ultron. But other than that, they're they're kind of on their own to develop their own storylines. I think that's gonna be interesting to see what, what they do with that. But there is actually one other thing. The Marvel Netflix T V series are those going to be out by then? Well, I, I mean, they could tie those characters in. They could, you know, deal with like uh, different storylines and stuff. I don't know when they're coming out, but yeah, you know, I think we have I, time. I see like some crossover opportunities there potentially. Although th- those are all street level things, though. Like they probably have to be right, episodic. But, but, but look at like Arrow, right? I mean, like oh, I'm looking at Arrow. Hell yeah, and like, but you know how they're like, okay, Suicide Squad, Flash. I feel like the TV show is going to become like a good introduction and good crossover way to be like, and here's some stuff with Daredevil. You only got to have this guy in one episode. Now go watch that shit on Netflix or whatever, you know, <laughs> just throwing, I don't know. Throwing it out here's there. the thing though. Here's the thing though. While Marvel might benefit from that, ABC would be advertising for another station. So yeah, they might yeah. be not that cool about it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Michael T. Ford in the chat room wants to know, Rod, did you catch the Department H reference? What's Department H and what was the reference? Department H is in Canada. Um, it's like the original uh, people that like, um, I think they had what Alpha Flight or something. It was Alpha Flight, yeah. Uh, deal with Wolverine and shit. I didn't catch the reference, so uh, let me let me know in the chat what it, what it was. The I- reference was that the one of the guys, one of the supposed clairvoyants they were catching, uh, had been flagged by Department H as a possible uh, uh, superhuman so and so, and that's basically it. And I think it's, I'm not sure how much. I'm not sure if Alpha Flight comes part and parcel with X-Men and Fox has 
uh, control over them. Maybe not Department Eight specifically, but do cast members of Alpha Flight count? Right. Yeah. Like, could they could they put Guardian in there? Wolverine, obviously. No, right. Like, obviously. But, like, Puck, <laughs> if Puck is a mutant. Like I don't know if they get him. You know. So. Right. Yeah. Um, well, speaking so, of comic book that. references, uh, I had a couple questions for you guys. First of all, the clairvoyant says his real name. It's Thomas something. And I was wondering if, if that was a reference Nash. to the comics. Thomas Nash. Um, no one that I caught. I, I even Googled it afterwards. Uh, also, that Thomas Nash character, that was a decoy. So right. that's just kind of – that was no, that's no one in particular. Okay. And then my second question was at the very beginning of the episode – Bill Paxton makes some joke about, well, at least it's not some guy. And I can't remember what he says. And then Triplet kind of looks at him like, who's that? And I was wondering if he was from the comics. Uh, it was a weird name like Crespin or something. Oh, Kreskin. Kreskin, Kreskin yeah. Kreskin was a TV psychic in like the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Oh. He was on The Tonight Show. Okay. Like that was just a pop culture reference, not a Marvel reference. That pop culture reference went right over my head. I thought he was making a Marvel reference. <laughs> yeah, I think the joke there is that uh, Bill Paxton is old. Because yeah. <laughs> no one got that. Everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, oh, what's, what superhero is that? The great Kreskin. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now I kind of want him to get his own show. Does he work for AIM? Hmm. <laughs> oh, no, it's you, the great Creston. <laughs> what do you do now? Oh, all right. So so are all of you happy with um, the clairvoyant and the big reveal about, oh, it could be someone in S.H.I.E.L.D. and it's not this old guy? I called it so early because you don't trust any women with red streaks in their hair. Like, immediately, uh, I thought she, uh, Victoria Hand looked kind of suspicious. So I think that's who the um the mole is and the problem is i don't know if that's where i but honestly the way it ended we don't necessarily know that that's where that's gonna go right but Mm -hmm. i just know she's suspicious and as a person whose mom is a beautician uh red streaks in your hair there's just not a lot of professions where people with red streaks in their hair are very trustworthy yeah it foreshadows the blood that she is about to spill instant villainy Mm-hmm. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. It's like a strip club haircut, you know, stripper drop. I feel like that's profiling. It yeah. is. We're villain profiling it's, right now. It isn't just villain profile. It is 100% profiling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Be- before we get into uh, listener questions, um, I one more thing we have to talk about, and that is relationship stuff and all the shipping going on oh, here. Fuck. Feelings. <laughs> okay. Feelings. Feelings on TV. Gwen, how do you feel about Simmons and Triplet being a couple? And also, oh is it just me or was Bill Paxton totally hitting on Sky? Bill Paxton hits on anyone he shares screen time with. Bill Paxton <laughs> is hitting on all of us right now. He's not even in the room. And Bill Paxton deserves to do that. I'll allow it. Yeah, I totally got the impression he had a thing for Sky. And I was yeah, like, that's kind of weird. Like wouldn't. Sky's a babe. And now, I, I, the, I, especially when she keeps her mouth shut, the irony <laughs> of Gwen saying that is making my day. Well, she's very pretty. I'm not saying that she's particularly interesting or well written. You like Sky. I really like Chloe Bennett. She's very sweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I actually um, thought it was a little yeah. bit of a missed uh, opportunity here to kind of go back uh, a little on the Ward May thing because they didn't really get a lot of scenes together. And I especially would have loved to see when they find out she's some sort of betrayer, if, like how Ward would take that. Um, and maybe we'll get it next week. But, um, you know, there was a romantic 
well, not, maybe not romantic is not the best word, but there was a love thing, whatever, going there. And, uh, you know, it would be cool. I, they were really ramming up the, uh, the Ward Sky thing a lot this week. Chris, just mm-hmm. like after every scene, they had a second together, like, so how you doing? Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I want to see a little bit of the messiness between May and, and Ward. You know, they just almost killed each other last, uh, two weeks ago. Or was that three weeks? Whatever. And I want to. No, I want to see I want to see Ward and Paxton go head to head for Sky's affections. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm gonna make I'm making this prediction right now. I really didn't, aside from being jovial and interested, and it's Bill Paxton, so of course we want to see him fuck. That's uh, I, I really didn't kick up on that much romance between him and Sky. My theory is this: if Bill Paxton survives, uh, like this upcoming crossover episode. They might want to say that he's her father. Yeah. Because she has this really supportive of her. Yeah, I was going to say, I got a fatherly vibe than hitting on her vibe. Because, like, remember, he he showed his gross burns and shit. Like, I didn't feel like he was like, check out these, baby. More of where that came from. Oh, I thought he was. I thought he was trying to be like, hey, look how tough I am. Oh, I'm so so manly. I got more of a uh, Dr. Phil, let me help you get your mind right thing. Yeah, there's a supervisor thing going on there. Yeah, he even dropped that last part where he's like, you know, it's not just your SO who changes you. You change your SO and, and Ward is totally different now. So right. it's like, okay, you know, maybe he's trying to help them get together. He's a love doctor. Either way, I hope they have sex. I'm just saying, I don't know what the, what the thing. <laughs> just his burned body. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, uh, but no, I, I, I honestly, on, the longer the show goes on, the less I care about who's sleeping with who. Totally I really agree. Do. I actually like, really do agree on that. I, I just, I, it seems so arbitrary and it seems like literally anyone could end up with anyone and it would have the same dramatic and emotional effect on me. It's, Fitz and Simmons are never going to end up together. If they do, they're going to do it like right before one of them dies. It's like way too built up. Uh, Warden Sky, they're just not that interesting and they don't make each other more interesting. Even May and Ward, which is kind of unexpected, and I was a little excited about it. I was hoping they'd bring something out in each other, mm-hmm. and instead they just had the same old goddamn relationship stuff about like, can we separate our work from our job? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I none of it was very interesting. No, it if if they want to do something romantic on the show, have it be fucking dangerous. Right. Like, have it be wrong. Have it be Bill Paxton and Sky. You know why? Because that'd be fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Because that would be interesting. That would force the characters to behave in different ways and show different sides of their personality. Because everyone is so goddamn safe. Even when Ward is like, oh, I shot that guy. Everyone's like, oh, but he did it because he loves Sky. And that makes him boring. Mm-hmm. So all the relationship stuff on the show is pissing me off. It's, it's not the end of the world. It's just I sort of accept that I have to live through it to watch the good stuff on the show. Yeah, I feel like relationship stuff works better when it's sloppy and, like you said, dangerous. And uh, we haven't really gotten that because especially like we had opportunities for that with the war May thing because yeah. it mess like if any if either one of them has serious feelings for each other, it kind of puts them at odds with other people on the on the bus and whatnot. And um, they just kind of like whiffed on that. There was an opportunity yep. where Ward felt a bit jealous of the relationship between Coulson and May um, as far as, their, you know, how she was emotionally available for him, but not, you know, and all this shit. But now she's a traitor and she cut Ward off after the last show. So it's like there's nothing there anymore. Um, the Sky Ward thing doesn't feel properly set up. 
uh, because they just haven't been in very many romantic romantic situations. You know, now it's like yeah. the the we get romance from them because we we're supposed to know it because they're having a conversation after everyone leaves. It's not really like sparks flying. So, we're getting romance from them because they're a man and a woman and they're attractive and they're kind of the main characters and they're age appropriate and that's it. Yeah, I really it, think. Yeah, I, I really think um, they should uh, like. I really think it, it, some of this romance stuff works better when you have younger people too. You know. Yeah, when they're more emotional and stupid. Yeah, right. yeah no, I agree. Like, like this is, it's not quite as contrived as the newsroom, which has like the most contrived romantic subplots of anything ever done ever by anyone in any medium, genre, or universe. <laughs> okay, can like, we talk ever? about – can we if, talk – speaking like, of, just, of like, contrived bad, romances, you guys keep talking about how great Arrow is. Can I just say Arrow's a lot of fun, but oh my god, are those romantic love triangles irritating and contrived. Guys, I don't like it when mom and dad fight. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> you. Um <laughs> No, no. I like. Nah, I love the love triangles. There's so many on air. There's like 47 different triangles. You have. To, you don't like half of them. You still have 17 to pick from that you can like. Here's what I'll say about Arrow. Here's what I'll say about Arrow. Arrow, in many ways, is very much a soap opera, but it embraces the soap opera aspects of that. It gets into the emotional quagmarous nonsense that is romance on that kind of TV show and it embraces it. S.H.I.E.L.D. is afraid of it. S.H.I.E.L.D., the the, the kind of messy emotional situations that the characters in Arrow end up in because they're in love with each other, because they're attracted to each other, and because they, for whatever reason, they can't bring themselves to bring it out or they say it but they say it at the wrong time that makes the drama more interesting that makes the action in an episode more interesting because the characters are behaving like kind of dumb human beings but romance can do that to any of us shield doesn't do that so even if it is similarly contrived it's not as interesting yeah that's my argument that's my counter argument for that all right i would disagree with you i I would say the people on arrow don't just act like dumb human beings they just typically don't act like human beings at all which uh which love a lot triangle, of the time. which love triangle are you talking about andrew oh just name one and uh, it, it's, uh, it's get, getting on my nerves shadow and uh de- uh and, and oh uh, the, sh- the and- one with shadow was the one element of romance that i was that i actually kind of liked oh okay oh yeah. i just ran oh well, all right. yeah 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 sure be dismissive yeah Let- get back get, okay the stuff on the island that was better, but everything happening happening in the city now, I'm just like, no. Well, you know, it. as a man who has fallen in love many times with many different women, it's very hard. <laughs> hey, I like I like Arrow. I think it's a pretty good show. It just it has some problems that really. really I have to go me. do some pull ups right now. I'll be right. Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say that about Arrow. It did make me want to work out. Every single yeah. episode, I'm like, I need to get in shape. <laughs> There's a really solid arrow drinking game that someone needs yeah. to be putting together. Yes. Um, and those pull-ups are one I of I think them. if you look that good with your shirt off, if you look that good with your shirt off, you're going to be in a lot of love triangles. I think that's just like <laughs> Be accepted and don't be jealous. That is what S.H.I.E.L.D. is missing. We need more abs, <laughs> yeah. guys. There's... If War spent more time with every girl off, that he's in love with. Yes. Beefcake and cheesecake. Honestly, <laughs> you don't put this many pretty people in. This is why Alias is a better spy show. One, because it's better written, has more interesting characters and more surprises and better action, etc. Also, because they knew to put everyone in a fetish outfit once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, we haven't been to enough techno clubs in Ages of Shield yet. Damn, Skippy. <laughs> Damn, Skippy. I'm gonna... I want to see Ward dressed up like a little schoolboy. All right. I want to see, you know, fucking. <laughs> I want to see Simmons, you know, dressed up as a cheerleader for no reason. Yeah. Like, not, not even part of the plot. The only it's way. The only way. Outfit, huh? The only way Sydney can discover who the bad guy is is by putting on a tight leather outfit and a purple wig, or else it's just not gonna happen, guys. This is how far <laughs> I hurt. <laughs> There's no other way. Right. No other way just shows die. up in a purple wig and he whips it off. It's like, whoa, that was a crazy mission. And then it's never spoken of again. Right. Welcome to the CIA. This is the only way to find bad guys. Here's your glow sticks. <laughs> what I'm understanding is that we all miss Alias. I do. Mm-hmm. We do miss Alias. Well, let's move on to some listener feedback and uh, listener questions. We do have a question in the chat room. Rod. Oh, yeah. By the way, we have an email, too. I just remembered as you said that. And, okay. Uh, it was actually pretty intense. All um, right. Well, first, let's talk about the, what we have in the chat room. All right. Terry says, was I the only one bummed out that Brad Dorif's is that how I pronounce it? How do I pronounce it? Dorif. That Brad Dorif's character died so quickly. Uh, he was the like fill-in for the clairvoyant, right? Yeah. Yeah. You may remember Brad Dorif from uh, such films as One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Or uh, Basically, he's just always a great bad guy in particular. But uh, yeah, he's a great actor. Academy Award nominee. Awesome dude. Uh, yeah, I was not... Voice of Chucky, by the way. Voice of uh, Chucky in the Child's Play movies. That's what I thought when 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 you said Brad Dorf, I was like, didn't that guy do Chucky? Okay. Yeah, ah, I was not really disappointed because um, the way they wrote him, he didn't have much to do. Like he had the Stephen Hawking voice, he couldn't move. He uh, you know, made some vague threats and then he got shot. Like if maybe if he could have, like if he would have like got shot and then hopped out the chair and like threw a dude against the wall, then I'd be like, fuck yeah, let him live. But you know, they. I was just like, they, you know, and he was happy to go to jail. There, there really was no reason for me to want him to continue to exist. Well, was he happy to go to jail? Because if the clairvoyant was giving him his dialogue, all he was was a quadriplegic who was sitting there wondering what the fuck was going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. But they. Yeah. They, if they had kept him, if that, if that had been the clairvoyant and they just committed to that. Right. That actually could have been kind of interesting. Right. And I would have liked to have seen more of Brad Dorf. But as it was. You know, you cast someone like Brad Dorf to make a character seem important. And so if you kill them, it makes it feel more dramatic and it makes it feel, hopefully, to the audience for a second, like, oh, maybe that was the clairvoyant. Maybe the clairvoyant really is dead. They wouldn't have wasted Brad Dorf like that unless it was all part of the misdirect. So while I would love to see Brad Dorf on the show all the time playing every character, preferably in a cheerleader outfit, um, I don't think we needed any more of him in that character. I think that character is dead on more ways than one. That's my thought. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, Rod, what email did we get? Okay, we got an email last week that says, yes, men, highly problematic. My favorite word. Uh, this is from Rebecca. She says, first time emailer here. I need to. Re- Hi, Rebecca. Hi. Hi. Thank I you need- for emailing us. I need to remember to five star uh, over at the UK iTunes and get agent status. So she's in the United Kingdom. Uh, I'm emailing in because I just don't know where else to vent about the wrongness and betrayal this episode made me feel about a Whedon show. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Also, Raj, you saying this with a British accent? Oh, man, I don't know. I, I don't think I can. 
leaving us I, I want the uh, listeners to understand me so I'm gonna not try to attempt that accent and fuck up this email um, <laughs> leaving aside the trope of female magic equals sex <laughs> let me just tell you something that, yeah. that ain't a trope okay? <laughs> I was gonna say I only have one magical spell <laughs> right uh, as a man let me just tell you that is real um, as that, as that is not how Lorelai has been depicted since, um, I mean, as that is how Lorelai has been depicted since Viking myths and there's enough other types of female characters that some stereotypical ones get a pass. My objections come down to this. One, sex magic that just works on men, regardless of orientation and women similarly automatically immune to, stupid, insulting to LGBT people, and could have been fixed with a single line about Loki using his female form or X and Y chromosomes by the resident biologist instead of jokes about the weaker sex. Uh, also, honestly, if I'm being honest, I think that I wasn't as high on those episodes as you guys clearly were. I thought they were pretty contrived. Uh, I, I like the idea of bringing in as guardian as a villain. That was fine. But, uh, you know, you say it's this condescending to the LGBT community and it is. Uh, it's also condescending to women and it's condescending to men. Uh, all of so that is extremely reductive. It's basically condescending well, it's to humanity as at large. And like, I get <laughs> that that's like a familiar trope, but just because it's a familiar trope doesn't mean that we have to use it. It would be like using, oh, we're going to fight elementals with water and fire. And it's so hackneyed and it doesn't give us anything new. Um, I felt that that whole plot line didn't really give us anything new other than a really contrived way to separate the male and the female cast. And not even in a fun way, not in even like a competitive way or an interesting way. Justin was just flat out eh, super villain bullshit way. And then we're going to forget all about it because it never mattered except as an excuse. And then oh, the whole thing is just an excuse to break up Ward and May. Like that's that's just as condescending as anything else. Like we needed all of that bullshit about men and female simplistic relationships to the extreme. And it was all in service of a romantic subplot that was forced to begin with. It was uh, I did not care for it personally. So uh, I'm with you, British person, Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. I'm and, with and, you, Rebecca. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Yes Men overall as an episode. I thought it was it was fun, but I do agree that if you really you know look at the gender politics of that episode, it's pretty messed up. Yeah, I have to push back a little bit though because um, I did enjoy the the gags of the men versus the women. Like they were jokes. Like it was mostly treated lightheartedly. So I was okay with. I think if they would have tried to, to pass it off as a very serious, introspective look at male female relationships, it would have fallen dead for me. But because it just was kind of the same thing that we get on twenty seven different st- uh, sitcoms every week, where it's the men are stupid, women are smart. I was okay with it because it was just funny. It was you know watching uh, Fitz get knocked out by Coulson, uh, you know when he's running around the ship. Um, uh, trying to, uh, keep Sky and, uh, and Simmons locked up was funny to me. Um, even, uh, the, you know, the fight, the fight between Ward and May was, uh, like a really intense, good fight. Um, so I enjoyed the choreography there. I, I, I don't know that it was, um, meant to be taken as seriously as this person took it. Uh, who cares how it's meant to be taken? Yeah. I think I think it does matter. Um, no, I don't think I it think does. I think I think when you let kind of like saying it's kind of like that cancel Colbert thing. I think context does matter. Um, Look, context think, matters. I'll give you that. Listen, context totally matters, and the Colbert thing is a 
is an extreme situation. It's also a very different thing because they took out one joke from an enormous bit. We're talking about the entire bit here. And the entire bit, if you just write it off as like, oh, they were just doing something funny. That's like the most insidious fucking shit that's bringing down feminism is the idea that, oh, no, rape joke is just funny. Like, no, it's actually like we're talking about the broader cultural context in which we can let this shit happen and then not even comment on it. You want to do it and comment on it and make raise a conversation. That's fine. But if you just let it slide and say, like, oh, isn't that funny? Like men, women, blah, women are sex objects and their only power over men is there. No, fuck you. That's my response to that. That's well, not cool. Well, right, and also not Rod, you, Rod. I'm talking about society. You're cool. I love you, man. Well, right, and also Rod, as you mentioned, sitcoms. You know, this is the type of stuff we see on TV all the time, which makes it even more insidious. Arguably, you know, it's kind of like, well, okay, if this is the way most TV shows treat it, and that's wrong, Agents of Shield should be better than that. Yeah, I don't know that the show. I guess I just don't put it in, in, a, in as a show that I go, this, this, I expect more from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, to me, it was just like lighthearted and fun. So, personally, that's how, if it was like, I don't know, just, it's kind of like True Detective. If, if it's something like this happened on True Detective, I would expect more commentary, like more of a, like this, they are going to get into the crevices of this shit. When it happens is on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and it's coming from Marvel and it's coming from comic books and it's coming from all this shit. I guess I just wasn't looking at the show for that level of uh, critique. But it shouldn't uh, even be at a level. It should just be that that's how all entertainment should – we should be elevating. We shouldn't go back in time. I think that's what is more upsetting to this – to Rebecca than anything else. And I, I 100% agree. And I would like to – Gwen, I would like to thank you for saying something because three men yelling about women's issues. Well, <laughs> I know, women, guys. Not saying, I didn't I have to like shit Fox about news. feminism. I nice. started feeling like Fox News, so sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you how to feel about that, Gwen. I was like, yes. how about I go get, <laughs> get some pantyhose and eat some chocolate and talk about my feelings? How about that? <laughs> Number two, S.H.I.E.L.D. once again being morons. They fielded a backup team. Uh, once you know your male agents are vulnerable, why not call for women-only backup and leave Ward and Coulson on the bus? I know it causes more drama this way, but again, one line about needing to strike now would have mitigated the ridiculousness. Agreed. Uh, yeah. It's just that lazy is, writing. Yeah, I said that as soon as they said war go around the back. I was like, obviously, he's going to get captured. Well, and also it raises the question of why aren't there more female S.H.I.E.L.D. agents? Yeah, well, why aren't there more female people in the Army? Why aren't there more female um, comedians? Why aren't they, like, yeah. It's one of those things where that's a, such a systematic issue. Uh, you know, and it should at least be commented on. This was a good opportunity. Yeah, they could have made this the the sexism episode. Uh, number three, we know how they've tackled racism and things in the past. Number so th- effectively, Ward was right. That's what that's what I tuned in for. Whedon has finally done it. Uh, also, it, I, I wonder how Josh Whedon feels that his name gets brought up only when it's fucked up. He's like, I don't really have anything to do with this stuff. Um, uh, Ward was raped. This is number three. Let's be clear about this. His mind was possessed and he did not have the capacity to consent or refuse. The depiction of this is a crime committed by him against Melinda rather than to him by Lorelai actually sickens me. And if the genders have been reversed, I feel the show would have treated the whole thing very differently. Damn right. Yeah, yeah yes. totally agree on that. Completely and utterly agree on that. Yeah, I you know, said that. Men, men, men we talked about that. We yeah. yeah. I actually yeah. brought that up when we, when yeah. we recorded the show. And yeah, if the genders are different, it would be viewed differently. Same way, um, 
whenever there's a teacher that has sex with a kid, there's always this, you know, oh, she was hot. If it's a woman, if it's a dude, that dude has to go to prison and die. Yeah, basically, yes. So Thank you, Rod. I, I love Rebecca. Rebecca needs to come on as like a little guest speaker. Uh, I don't really know what questions I should be asking other than if some American slash European culture class about what family entertainment means. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think that is I actually think that is the question, because like I said, it's is is more pro, it's more systematic than this one episode. Like this is a societal thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't imagine any British show featuring the attitudes and yes, men not getting trashed in all the papers. Well, clearly, clearly the British are superior to us. Well, I think the British also, uh, I, I think the American papers, uh, have stopped caring about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. by now. <laughs> I think it's under their radar. And I think that's, that's, that's a different problem for a different time. But like, hey, a show that like, granted it's doing okay, but like, hey, a show that people don't really talk about said something offensive. Well, we're not really gonna jump on that. But if the Muppets do it, then we'll freak out. Mm. You know? It's just, there's, there's so much media around there that we would need to, we would have needed to start a Twitter firestorm as the show was going in order to even conceive of getting it enough tension to raise the profile of that issue. So, but yeah, it's a, it's a fair point. It is a fair point. This conversation should have been started. I'll be very interested to see what happens in six weeks when it comes out legally over here. Oh, you're a thief, Rebecca. Oh my, don't, don't say that on the air anymore. Until then, then I think <laughs> I might have to only listen to your reviews until I feel less angry, Rebecca. Oh. I'm sorry that they lost a, a viewer, but, you know, you got to take a stand sometimes, man. That's right. Got to have violent breakups with your television shows sometimes. I did it with Glee, and I have never looked back. Mm-hmm. I, I, I gave up on Walking Dead just very recently. Just Yep. Feels good. Feels good when it happens. Why, why Walking Dead? I got so fucking bored with this season that I just didn't care about any of the characters anymore. We're going to spend, like, five fucking episodes of them just wandering around Griffith Park. Like with like fighting one zombie at a time, encountering no real issues, not really exploring their characters or growing very much, and it's boring as fuck. Well, like, I actually, I, I appreciate, I actually applaud and appreciate you stopping watching, because like as someone who enjoys the show, that is the worst thing about the show is literally people who won't stop watching and fucking hate it. Like I'm just like, come on, man, I just want to talk to my friends about how much I like it, and they're just like, the fucking show sucks, and let me tell you why. Uh, I'll see you at nine uh, next week. It's like, no. <laughs> Don't, well, there's, there's, don't watch it. Watch Lindsay on own instead. It's so much more entertaining. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's one thing if watching it like is kind of frustrating, but you're still having fun. Like that's fine. Like lost got fucking stupid by the end of that series. And I was still having fun because at least I wasn't bored and I was able to at least have a good debate about it. Uh, walking dead. There's nothing to talk about. There's nothing really to like, Oh, I heard they like killed like a young, one of the younger cast members who gives a shit. Why should I care? Why does that matter? What does that change? Nothing! Like, it doesn't have any impact. I just, I give up because I'm bored. If I'm not bored, I don't give up. That's my, that's my philosophy. Mm. Well, none of us have given up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. yet, so I guess that's yes. a good sign. Yes. I don't know. Rebecca sounds like she's giving up. Godspeed, Rebecca. Yeah. Godspeed. <laughs> we miss you, Rebecca. Listen to the show, Rebecca, and leave us a five-star review. Yes. At least, at least, please. Oh, and Rebecca, we please write in and let us know what was the response in the UK. Did people get upset yeah. about it? I'd be curious to know. I suppose Google that, but no, you do it, Rebecca. Yes, you, you, you do it, Rebecca. Give us your perspective as someone who lives there. 
And you want to be an agent of the show. I mean, this is a good end, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. mm-hmm. take advantage. Although, honestly, would she want to be a part of this show, having her for a member? She loves us. Not oh, okay. So. But well, what, just like, what uh, if she, um, what if in six weeks it comes out there and then no one has a problem with it? Then she's just going to be really depressed. Well, then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The British people let her down. Mm-hmm. That, that, wouldn't it be great if, like, or not great, but wouldn't it be just fucking amazing if, like, the newspapers were like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is right. Women are only sex objects. <laughs> and, and, like, it just completely, like, shifted the paradigm. And, like, we went backwards, like, a hundred years. <laughs> like, wouldn't that just be amazing? And then it's just like, yeah, black people, screw those guys. Like, whoa, 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 what's up, British papers? <laughs> what happened to you? Is Margaret Thatcher come back? Whoa. Well, you know, um, I could be doing, like, 20 minutes right now on how... Uh, making Mike Peterson a basically a slave is wrong, but I'm, oh. I'm bring my issues to the show like that because I feel like you know is I get the, what they're trying to do. We should talk about that next week. Definitely. <laughs> is there is there some racial subtext to Agents of Shield? They already uh, made, they already I'm, made him a bad father. I mean, Sitwell <laughs> asked him about it. He was just like, I don't, I'm not, a, I don't have a son anymore. I was like, oh really? This is typical. <laughs> They're just hitting it out of the park with this show. Wow. You can say that, right? All the issues. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm here for. (laughs) All right. Well, I think better wrap it up for this episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. Write it and let us know what you thought of this episode and of the podcast. Uh, You can email us at shieldcast at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also leave us a voicemail through the website or by calling us at 336-793-2509. Be sure to subscribe to us through iTunes and Stitcher. If you like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast, please write us a review. That really helps us out a lot. And if you like us and would like to financially support us, you can donate to us by going to filmgeekradio.com, going to the support tab, and clicking the donate button. That money really helps us out. That goes towards helping us pay for hosting, bandwidth, and covering all the other costs that come with producing the show. You can also use our affiliates page to visit some of our partners, including Amazon. And anything you purchase from our affiliates, if you use our site to get there, we will get a small percentage of whatever you spend. So you can buy something for yourself and help us out at the same time. And as always, be sure to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including Cinema Fix, The Thin Place. And we just finished up our very popular podcast on uh, True Detective, Detect This. Be sure to check that out if you were a fan of that show. Uh, Agent Bibbs Bibiani, where can people find more of your work? Uh, you can find me at Crave Online. Uh, got a pretty good week this week. I got a video interview uh, with Baxter, the dog from Anchorman 2. Uh, hope you enjoyed that. Also, on Friday, April 4th, uh, we'll be showing off. We got a about a half-hour video interview with the screenwriters of Captain America 1, 2, and 3, where we talk a lot about the spoilers of the movie that no one's been allowed to talk about yet and a lot of the possibilities for the next film in the franchise. Uh, so I hope you check that out. You can also follow me on Twitter at William Bibiani, B-I-B-B-I-A-N-I. I hope to see you there. I have a podcast, B-Movies Podcast on iTunes, sorry. Does the dog who plays Baxter actually know Spanish? Uh, and, uh, I learned in that in that interview, uh, he speaks uh, Spanish, Wildebeest, Wombat, Mermaid, and Jive. Oh. And a little bit of Sudanese. Great. And uh, according yeah. to the show, Shark. And Shark, yeah. yes. And Shark, <laughs> yes. He had to learn Shark uh, uh, as well. And he talks some shit about Dobie the Shark. Turns out, banishment still stands. <laughs> <laughs> Banishment still stands. This is why we list messing with you, man. You get to the, the heart of the matter. Mm-hmm. The, the tough questions. Mm-hmm. I am a professional. <laughs> <laughs> Agent Gwen Reyes, where can people find you? Um, you can find me uh, at realvixen.com as well as for, uh, Twitter forward slash realvixen. I'm going to be in Europe next week. Whoa. So I will be on many adventures. Just follow those on Twitter if you want. 
Awesome. So will you, will you be joining us next week or will you be gone? I will not. I will be gone. Oh, okay. I'll be in London hanging out with Jack the Ripper. Maybe we can get Rebecca to sit in, guys. Right? Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. All right. Agent Rod Morrow, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, com and on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podomatic. Just search The Blackout Tips. Uh, also, I was a guest on a show called Remember That Buffy, where we went back and rewatched Buffy and uh, give thoughts about the episodes. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, just find me on iTunes and all that stuff. Twitter is Rodimus Prime, or if you want to follow me live tweeting shows like uh, Aces of Shield, Game of Thrones, things of that nature, just search uh, Rod Live Tweets. You can find my film and TV criticism at MovieMezzanine.com and Pathios.com, and you can also find me co-hosting a few other podcasts on Film Geek Radio, including Cinema Fix and uh, Detect This. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at WriterAndrew. I hope you will do so so we can keep talking about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That'll wrap it up for this episode. Agents, this is This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!